Thank you for being with us today. We would love to have you join us in person. To partner with us or to give online, go to www.upperroomohio.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Last week we talked about that transition. We kind of talked about that childbirth and that is, you know, some of us 2018 was a painful year. It was hard. There was destruction. There may have been tragedy, but we're really believing that 19 is full of a year of hope, of life, of goodness, of true breakthrough, of lasting breakthrough, of generational blessings, legacies, and different things. And uh, so my family and I, we, we ended the year and started the new year doing vision boards and, um, and we, we've passed out cards today, and we're going to give you an opportunity for a version of that for now. Um, but we did these vision boards, and you can throw them up there, Zach. These vision boards, uh, these are me and my kids and Nicole's. Uh, what we did was, and it's what Nicole did with your children if they were here last week in the children's church. And uh, what it was is, you just, what's your dreams? What's your visions? What do you want to see next year? What do you want to sow into? What do you want to build towards? So you, they went through magazines and newspapers last week in the kids' area, and we did the same thing at home. And you cut them out, and you just glue them up, and it's symbolic of what your goals and what you want to see next year. So I'll bring you through. I'll show you Nicole's for a moment here. Nicole sees in words. I see in pictures. So most of hers are words. So it doesn't matter. Like vision is the framework that gives dreams a, a, a picture. So vision is the framework that gives dreams and allows them to come to pass. So she sees in words. I see in pictures. So they look different, but really, as long as you're having a vision for the future, a vision of something better than now, a vision of something bigger than what you are, you're, you're already dreaming with God. So she sees in words, so here's a couple of one. You see the new abs, healthy. That's right. She wants to get more fit, family, sleep better, be happy, uh, gather around. We want to host people. We want to gather around the table. We actually want to sit at the dinner table as a family with each other, with our children, with our friends, with you. Um, and then calm, she wants to be calm, cool, and collected. Why am I explaining your board? You should be up here. The diamond, she's been asking me for a few years to upgrade her diamond. I'm like, baby, you sell more children's books, we'll upgrade that diamond. Let's picture the ocean. She wants to see the ocean this year. 38, three words, eight letters, I love you, wants to love better, etc. Okay, now we move on to mine, which for all the men are going to way more appreciate this. But for me, this is my vision board. This is what I want to see in 2019. This, this, gives, this gives me a picture. It gives me a glimpse. It gives me something of like what am I sewing into? What am I being intentional in to work towards some of my dreams? So if you start at the top left, we'll kind of do a circle. Top left is my family and encounter. I want us. I want my kids. I want us as a family to encounter Jesus on deeper levels, to encounter his presence, to be really, you know, after the more. Lead. I want to be a better leader. I want to build platforms for others. I want to build others up. I want to be a good pastor. I, I, want, to, I want to create a realm of risk and safety and freedom for everybody around here. Vision 19, that's what we're launching today, the Vision 19 and the vision. And under it, if you see on your, your, your card, it says a family on mission. We together in, in unity. It doesn't mean, see, listen, it, we're not asking for conformity. <laughs> We're not saying these are our beliefs and you have to line up and if you don't, hit the door. We're not asking you all to be like me. We're not asking you all to think, act, and go after the same things. We're actually asking you to all be different but just be in unity with it. That means we all pursue God the same, but it just looks a, a, absolutely different. 
We, we pursue unity. We pursue each other. We celebrate each other without stumbling over who each other is not, but celebrating who each other is. We see the value in one another. That's unity. Conformity means we just all look and act and are the same. That's not what we're asking for. So Vision 19 is a family on mission. 2019 is a family on mission where we support one another. We move on worship. I got hands up. I want an upper room to be a house known as worship, a house of worship where we find our sound, where we're people after his presence. You know, those are some of the things on my vision board. My family and I, even our kids, we want to write a family devotional where our kids are even writing one of the days. And that's been a dream of ours for about a year or two. So we want that to happen this year. I want to write a book that I've been working on. Top or bottom right there going up to Costa Rica. My wife and I, we've started a tradition. I'm taking Chloe, uh, 12 years old. Uh, we're going to take them each on a missions trip. So I'm taking her to Costa Rica with some of our good friends, uh, the Vaughn family down there. Then we're going to St. Lucia, our church there, our covenant church there. is amazing. Not a bad place to have a church, folks. <laughs> if you ever want to go, you just let us know. There's a family and church down there for you. But uh, we're going to go there. Uh, the world at the top means I want to go to a new nation. We want to build a, a, a new garage on our, on our property with like a rec room and a, and a place where we can do ministry and have our leaders over and just hang out. Uh, the hearts, I want to be more romantic and love Nicole better. Underneath it, Porsche Boxster S. That's my practical dream car right there, baby. That's it. And it's, that version is about a 98, 99. So, uh, and then the picture of me there with the dumbbells, I don't know what happened to my head, but uh, I want to get more fit this year. I want to get healthy. I want to be whole, right? That's uh, mind, body, and spirit. I want to be healthier. And then uh, me with the girls hunting there and that big buck, I want them to get a giant buck. I got a monster this year, all right, by myself. And uh, my dream is for now my girls to do that. And then uh, to the left of that is a picture of a river in the mountains, somewhat similar to what's on your card in our Vision 19 campaign. And, and I'll just kind of launch this from here. See, uh, I want to tell you a little bit of history about Upper Room and the vision of Upper Room as we start. And then we'll talk about vision, and I'm going to encourage you to dream big, and then we're going to write some of those down. But the history of the church was we were a family church. We started as a family church. My mom and dad uh, took a huge risk, left a denomination that was pretty religious, a lot of rules, a lot of regulations. And um, some faith and some, some risk led them to launch Upper Room 20 years ago. And 20 years ago, my dad always jokes around that the first even couple months, few months at least, the entire church with eight people could fit on the one row of this building now. Now we have two services and a, uh, an adult gathering as well and all these things, right? So anyways, with a family church, it's kind of great. You don't have all the resources. You don't have all the momentum. We didn't have a projector. We sang from hymnals early on. You know, you don't have these resources, but what you do is you get to develop a really great culture. So early on, we had a culture of love. We had a culture of family. We have a culture of community. And it became this thing where, like, if you want something done, you just have to do it or it's not going to get done. Okay? So everybody's a leader, and everybody teaches, and everybody serves, and everybody takes out the trash and all of that. You don't, you don't wait for somebody else to do it because there's only seven others to do it. <laughs> so you all just do it. So, but what it does is it creates this culture that's really great. Well, my dad has a history of, of building a church too large once, so they voted him out because it got too big in West Virginia. So me, with my religious hurts, with that history, with knowing some other things and just seeing so many movements become businesses and organizations, I have feared structure. 
So the cool thing is about Upper Room is we started with a great culture, and we started with a culture that was after his presence. So my fear in that has always been, well, if we introduce structure or organization into that, will we lose presence, will we lose family, will we lose culture and love? And the reality is I've feared this and I've been believing lies. So the vision for, for 2019 as a church is that we actually get more structure so that the river can flow with even greater freedom. Let, let me explain some of this. I've, I've actually partnered with, with some people in, 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 in kind of growing myself in leadership and, and some other things and had some prophetic words. And they gave me language that upper room is supposed to flow like a river, but it does need structure. So we've seen kind of a cap here because of my fear of structure, my fear of getting organization in. And, and we're adopting some language that we want to be organized but not become an organization. I, I believe there's structure. We need help. We need not just delegation but an empowerment of authority. You see, and without information and structure and a way and an avenue to do that, the same people continue to do the same stuff. And it gets exhausting. Right, Josh? Where's my brother? He's serving. He's security today. <laughs> See what I mean? But anyway, structure. So let me put it through this way. Let's go to Revelations 22. And then I want to talk about some visions of the church. I put the river picture up. And the river picture on your, on your pamphlet and even on your bulletin this week and last week is to tell you what we really want for this year as a church. It's, and by the way, this is, this is not a Simmons church. It's not a Haas church. It's your church. Because the church is not the building, it's not the walls, it's the beautiful people. It's the family inside, it's the beautiful bride that's actually empowered to be beautiful and be free and be herself. You're the church. So this is what we see as leadership in the church as moving forward. So, so Revelations 22, 1 through 5 says this, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, everybody say life, as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. This is a river, this is a picture. John the Beloved is getting the glimpse of heaven and, and God is revealing him as a love gift revelation and, and one of them being the river flowing from the throne of God. And it says this, down the middle of the great street of the city and on each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month and the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light or, of the lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. Let me tell you what the river means. The river is the life and the freedom and the presence flowing directly from Jesus and God and, and the throne of heaven, right? So that's the river. The river represents the life. And honestly, out of your belly sh shall flow rivers of what? Living water. You're even, even supposed to flow. Otherwise, we'd just become the Dead Sea. Well, if you read in here, the banks is where the trees were, and the trees is what bared the 12 fruits. So listen, the life comes from the river, but the fruit comes from the structure of the banks. Without the structure of the banks, the river becomes a swamp and doesn't flow and go where it's supposed to go. And it's, it's the same context as if we take a sandbox. Upper room's known for creativity, expression, and freedom and these things. If you look at our worship, if you feel our worship, like we love freedom. We love creativity. We want you to be the best you you can be. We want you to write the books and write the songs and come with the inventions and the innovations and new businesses and creations and these things, right? That's who God designed us to be in your own way. That's the sand, but without the sandbox and the structure of the box that contains the sand, all of a sudden the sand just dissipates and becomes back into the soil and dirt anyway. 
The structure serves a purpose, and the structure is really good. If we are within the right context and not worship the structure, but still flow in the river to worship the king of kings from the throne of heaven. Amen? So that's some of the visions of Upper Room, and that's the structure, and that's kind of what we're going for. And some of the things that we want to see is, I made a quick list here. We want to see the oppressed set free. We want to reach the unreached. Steve often talked about this, and Steve, Steve, oh, welcome back, Steve and Patty. Man. A couple of our pastors have been gone visiting family, and for the first time in how many years your boys were together? Three and a half years for the first time they got to be together with their all three sons. So it's amazing. We're so glad you're home, though. So welcome home. And uh, Steve, Steve preached this message on the boneless chicken farm. Do you remember that comic? He showed up. Well, I didn't get it then. It took Bob Hazlett prophesying over me that I'd get the structure and the point of the river, right? So, so anyway, uh, we, another thing is reach the unreached. And Steve talks about, you know, the out, we, last year, we went after the up, the in, and the out. We felt like, like the, the in was very healthy. We had that culture of honor. And let me go back to our history. I'd much rather have a people after his presence and a culture of honor and love and try to introduce structure than be a structure and try to go after presence. I will always forsake people and programs to continue to pursue his presence rather than sacrifice presence just to gain people and programs. It's just who we are. Like, we're not going to leave that. But what we're finding is structure, some forms of structure will actually facilitate the family and the presence and the creativity and the Holy Spirit even more. So one of the things is we felt the in was healthy. The up is seeking after the presence, hearts of worship, right? So up, we're really good at that upper room. But where we felt, you know, kind of lack was out. And then Steve comes along, and he's been helping us for a couple years now. Get out. Be evangelists. Be missionaries in your own occupation, your own home, your own city street, your own community, to where you actually become the out. I'll get into that a little bit more here in a minute, but, but the up and the in and the out. So reach the unreached. Be a people of his presence. Be a house of prayer and worship. Be a catalyst for the region for significant change, awakening, and revival. Let me define what I feel revival is. Revival isn't us group of people inside this building feeling really good and feeling very free and just encountering his presence. True revival actually affects the culture out there in every sphere of influence. It means that divorce actually gets lowered. It means that, that people love better. Economy increases. The cancer wards decrease. That's when you see true significant revival. I see churches all the time saying, well, we're experiencing revival. Okay, what's your city look like then? Why is your overdose rate at an all-time high if you say you're in revival? Because if you're in revival, the people around you should be in revival. The culture around you should be in revival. And I'm not taking away and I'm not trying to cast a stone. I'm just saying I want to be a catalyst. And an upper room is a catalyst. That's the prophecy over us that we're at this tipping point to be a catalyst for the entire region to see awakening and revival where every sphere of influence is actually impacted. Yeah. That's my definition of revival, at least me. The last thing is that we really want to, to, to work in towards being an apostolic equipping center. An apostolic equipping center, as in what that means to me is that the Bible says that the church will equip the believers for the work of the ministry. Okay, that we are actually, apostolic means that, that we have this vision for the future, this vision for a region, this vision for a state, a nation, for the world. That it will actually be better because we're in it because Christ in us is the hope of glory. 
So we sharpen and make you the best you you can be to reach the people you're called to reach, to reach the sphere of influence, to reach the people, the industry, the organizations, the family members, the kids, the grandkids that you're called to reach that I can't reach. Well, let me put it to you this way. We gave it this language a couple years ago. We could, we could put this target right here. We could say this target is this, this ministry. We'll, we'll say it's homeless. We're going to reach the homeless of Dayton. And we're going to just have a ministry, and all of Upper Room is going to funnel in and hit this target together. Now, that's one way of doing ministry, one way of, of running an organization or a ministry or a church, is, is, is get everybody to come into one vision and one, one thing. And I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just not who we are. We're a family. Each one of my four daughters want to be something different in life. So what I'm doing is I'm championing each of them differently of what they want to do. One wants to be an art teacher. One wants to be a mom. <laughs> There's not a second-class anointing. There's not a second-class calling. So when I have a daughter saying that what she wants to be in life as a mom, that's amazing. That's amazing. So let's make you amazing, and let's pray, and let's begin to pray for your husband that when you get married, you're going to be the best mom on the planet. I have one that wants to be a pediatrician, you know, and, and so on. So, so we have these girls. Well, I champion them each differently, and I sharpen them so that when they're released and they're launched, they hit their own targets. What that does is we want to be focused on his presence, equipping people and the believers for the work of their ministries. So that's the call to the church. It's actually biblical. And so many times I've wanted to, like, focus on this one target, like, who are we? What's our niche? What's Upper Room known for? No, we just want to be a house of worship after his presence and people doing some pretty amazing things because they've encountered him. So what we want to do is really sharpen people's arrows so that when they're launched and they're released, like, from a quiver, from a bow, they're released to hit their targets and they hit right in the bullseye and they feel so amazing by it and they're so powerful to do it. That's, that's what our vision is. That's the bank. That's the river, the river of life, the river of freedom, the river of amazing stuff that's going to happen in 2019 with a family on mission. Amen? Let me talk about what vision really is. My wife's like, you've got to shorten your message. There was so much stuff in it. I'm like, but I really geek out talking about vision. I become a big nerd when we're talking about vision. So you ready to see a nerd come to life in leadership, impartation, of vision? All right. Sorry. Going to go long. Proverbs 29, 18. I will try to trim some fat the best I can to still get you out of here at 145 today. <laughs> what? Proverbs 29, 18. My dad is going to be so excited that I'm reading King James Version. Like, I could just see a smile right now. He's like, oh. Says this, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Now let's go to the message version. I like this version as well. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves, but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. I, I love these versions and I love what the Lord is saying here, but what he's saying is the power of vision. Without vision, people might actually die. Like vision gives the framework for dreams to come to life. Vision, vision is so much, and sometimes we get confused with visions and dreams and, and mission and all this stuff, and I actually want to become a teacher today for you and define what each of them are. So it's a lot of meat. It's a lot of stuff. It might be one of those you're like, yeah, I'm going to go back on podcast on that and take some more notes, or Vimeo or whatever avenue, YouTube. I don't know. There's lots of stuff we do. So, but without vision, without seeing the prophecy, without seeing the plans that God has for each of us, for without seeing that, people may actually die. 
Let, let, me, let me move on here. Let, let, me, let me paint this picture. Vision is seeing the, in the unseen realm. Vision is seeing what we may not be able to see in the natural. There's a marriage of what happens in our mind's eye and our heart when vision gets a framework and becomes a dream to life. So, so let me just say this. We were all a thought in God before we actually became in creation on the earth. Your hairs were numbered. Your name was already picked out. He called you by name before you were ever even in your mother's womb. You were a, a vision of God. You were a dream come true from God. You ever thought of yourself like that? I am God's dream come true. Whoa. Say that. I'm God's dream come true. You're not trash. You're not worthless. You're not, you're not nothing. Like God loves taking people who think they're zeros and making them heroes. God loves taking nobodies and making them somebodies. And there's something that happened on the cross where Jesus was up being crucified and then he died. And then guess what happened? The veil was torn from heaven to earth. Now, here's the thing. Up to that point, people had to believe that the only way they could get to the Father was through the high priest. And that was on the Day of Atonement and when he could go to the holiest of holies on your behalf. And he had to pass through this curtain or what they called the veil. So when this veil was torn, it was actually prophetic symbolism. It was this reality that now came into pass that now I can see past the veil and I don't need to go through a high priest. I don't need to go through anybody else. I don't need to pray through somebody else. I get to access God myself. I get to see what heaven has for me. And then when heaven, when it was torn from heaven to earth, that means that heaven actually also wants to get into me. I remember my mom saying the two most liberating moments in her life one of them was when, when, when she, um, she actually converted from Catholicism to, to kind of what we are now. <laughs> we call it Christianity, but, like, it's so fun. But she said the most liberating thing is when she realized and had a revelation and an encounter that she could actually pray to God herself. She didn't have to go through a priest or somebody else. She got to have a conversation and communion with Jesus personally. That's what the veil does. It allows us to see through because it was torn, and now there's nothing separating us from God's plans for us, for his future, his plans to prosper us. Jeremiah 29, 11, a hope and a future, good plans for us. So, so we get to Acts 2, 16 through 22, and it says this. It says, by this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, and my manservants and my maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy, I will show wonders in heaven above and signs on the earth beneath. Twice here, God's saying what? Yep, everybody's going to prophesy. Do you think it's important for us to prophesy? Yep, twice means it's pretty important. Like, hey, if you didn't hear me the first time, I'm going to say that again. But then it says this. It says, your young men shall see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. See, the dreams, it, be, it literally, the dreams are the, are the builders and the vision is the architect. See, see the, the old men have a dream, but the young men have a vision to fulfill it. See, God the Father had this, had this dream, but Jesus had a vision to fulfill it to connect us back to the Father when man fell. Moses had a dream, but Joshua had a vision to fulfill the promised land. David had a dream of the tabernacle, but Solomon had the vision and the provision to fulfill that dream. He had the wisdom and the, and the fortitude to steward it. 
That's oftentimes what we see, and, and, and what's happening is it's this thing that where we're all called to be dreamers, we're all called to be visionaries. It just depends what context are we in. When I pull up to the table with Lave and Bob Hazlett, like, I know my place at that table. I'm a son. Yep, I'll just be a visionary. You guys be the dreamers. Let me help your dreams come to pass. Now, when I pull up to a table and I'm mentoring some guys and some guys pull up that table, now I get to be the dreamer and I got some visionaries to help me fulfill some dreams. It's, we're always generational, and, and vision and transition actually sets up a next generation for the next vision to come. Let me, let me just say this. Sometimes mission, a mission causes some pain. <laughs> Pastoring isn't easy. Ministry isn't easy. Leading a business isn't easy. Sacrificing and starting a new business isn't easy. Right, Cheryl Mall? Like, it's not easy. There's a risk. There's like, whoo, health care, ah, monthly paychecks. Ah, the sale's going to come. There's all this risk that we take. But then vision gives us pain of purpose. Yeah. That dude that's all jacked up on my vision board. Like, I want to be healthier this year. So when I'm seeing that dude with a six-pack, I'm like, be 39 this year. What would it be like to have a six-pack first time in my life? <laughs> I'm like, I, I lost 60 pounds last year. I think I can do this. I think I can get really healthy this year. I'm seeing something, and there's a vision that's giving my pain a purpose. In that childbirth that we've referenced the last couple weeks, oftentimes they'll bring a mirror out, or they'll let the mom feel the fuzziness on the head, because that vision is giving pain that purpose to push and get that baby out. You can see what's coming, and all of a sudden when we get to see the future, when we get to see the possibility, when we get to see the impossible become possible and become reality, all of a sudden it's becoming real. Like, oh, I can do that. I'm telling you right now, you are being called to something. You're being called to somebody. You're being called to an industry. You're being called to a generation. The ones around you, the city that you live in, the community, the street you live on, your neighbor. Like, God is calling you to something. Let's, let's move on. What's a vision? A mission is the why. A vision is the what. Plans are the how. Goals are the when. And the steps are how to get started. Lots of stuff. I'll repeat it for you note takers. Mission is the why. Vision is the what. Plans are the how. Goals are the when. And steps are how to get started. Now, I want to I just talk about the difference between mission and vision. Mission describes the purpose behind the vision. Okay, mission is the purpose where the vision is the picture of the plan to do it. Let me, let me just move on. Mission comes from the heart of God, and a vision is the foresight with the insight with God. I know it's a lot. Nicole's probably right. This is a lot to take in. But anyway, vision is from God. Vision is a snapshot. It's a glimpse of what heaven's reality is for you, for your future, for the next generation, for your children, for your children's children. Your vision is the snapshot. It's the glimpse and all of a sudden, vision is the framework that makes dreams come true. Okay, vision is that framework. Vision is it's the structure around the river. I've got all these dreams. I, I got these dreams. Now the vision is how. Like, we call that a vision board. Honestly, it's really a dream board. But now my vision is now how are we going to do that? How are we going to get the riverbanks in upper room without destroying the culture and watching presents go out the window and only focusing on money, programs, and processes? And policies. I hate policies. <laughs> I was assigned to write a policy all year at work. I couldn't do it. <laughs> Finally, 
my chief, who's in the house today, who's my brother, doing sound today. He's like, dude, need those policies by the end of next week. <sighs> but bro, I'm creative, man. I'm a visionary. I'm a dreamer. You just sell my policies? No, we need these. We need the training policies. They were due last year. He's been very gracious with me, but I hate policies. But vision is the framework. It is literally almost the policy that makes the purpose come to life. Policies aren't for policies just so we can govern people and bring down rules and, and, and punish people. Policies are actually for protection to fulfill the mission and the purpose of the organization or whatever it is, whatever your, your life's assignment is. The vision gives the framework for this. There's so much difference between mission and vision, and then the dreams get to come to life. Let me, let me, let me see what I haven't done. Vision, vision is definitely different uh, than dreams. Vision is also different than sight. Listen, Helen Keller, she could, she could have vision, but she couldn't see. Helen Keller couldn't, didn't have sight, but she had vision. She had vision of the better. Like, like I really fully believe that, that part of our purpose in life and part of each one of us is to make the world better than it was before we came in it. What fingerprint am I going to leave on this world as I leave? What, am I, what impact am I going to, to leave behind? What legacy am I going to leave behind? What footprint will be remaining as I, as I go on to get my upgrade or, or get taken up to his glory? Like what's, what's that look like? Honestly, it's not that hard. We just love better. We just love the person in front of us. We just get passionate about the things that either irritate us or that really excite us. That's, that's it. Compassion compels us to do something where sympathy just makes us feel bad. When Jesus saw the multitudes, it said he was moved with compassion. Listen, compassion gives us it's a passion that fuels compassion to compel us to actually go into something. Whereas sympathy or just thinking about something doesn't call us to action. There's a passion that ignites. And I just believe like the world you want to live in, actually become it. Because what we see, we can become. What we behold, we become. And what we become, we can reproduce. And that's the thing. That's the legacy I want to leave behind. That I don't want to be known for this great lieutenant or firefighter. That'd be awesome. But I don't even want to be known as a great pastor. I want to be known as like, man, he loved Jesus. <laughs> and he gave himself for him. He gave himself for Jesus. Man, what an amazing dad and husband and person he was. I want the context of what I do to be fueled from the person of who I am. I don't want what I do to become who I am. I want who I am to become what I do. Like, I, I want this thing, this, this passion inside of me. Like, I am so passionate about seeing people impacted by God's presence, by seeing people transform in the nature of who God really is, an encounter of God. Like, I want to see people become better husbands and better moms and better grandmas and better business owners and better leaders and better citizens of society and ambassadors of Christ because of the encounters and the love that they know of Jesus. That's a good goal. Let me move on here. Nicole's like, Chloe, Chloe's funny. Chloe's like, now, Dad, you've been yelling a lot lately. <laughs> church, and I've got some friends coming on Sunday, maybe you could just not yell and get like as passionate as you usually do. It's like, baby, I love you, but I'm not going to change who I am because I get passionate about this. All right, let, let me finish up with this. Ephesians 3.20, and uh, I'm going to ask 
the band to come, but I'm not yet closing. <laughs> I might need some mood music, but you might be up for, for about 10 minutes. I'll try to shave it down to six. Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now to him who is able to exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask, think, or imagine, according to the power that works in who? Us. Christ, who is able to do abundant, exceedingly abundantly more than you could, in some versions say, ask, think, imagine, or dream. Like, God will do far greater things than what you ever even imagine. And if you can think it, if you can dream it, God can do it. He says this, he says, ask anything in my name, and what? I'll do it. He says, as you delight yourself in the Lord, I'll honor the desires of your heart. Here's why. Because as we delight ourselves in the Lord, whatever we're pursuing and wanting, God has to honor the desires of our heart because it's delighting in him. It's coming from him. It's coming from our private time, our encounters, our pursuit of him, our righteous pursuit. Now, I want to talk to you about sometimes, though, it doesn't come out the way we think it should come out. <laughs> Let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story about a na man named Jet. No, I'm just kidding. Now, here's the deal. Sometimes the no's in our life, the procrastination of God's purpose in our life is building interest for a better yes. Now, Richard, for some reason, some why, some purpose, it took seven plus years for you to get this dream fulfilled to be a border agent. Who, who knows why? It could be protection. Maybe, maybe there was going to be a moment in a night that you would have encountered something that wouldn't have turned out great for you or your family. And you would have got your upgrade earlier than what God had purposed for your life. But there's, there's these things that sometimes knows are building an interest for a better yes. I was, I was taking a promotion test. I've got almost 17 years on the Troy Fire Department. And four years into my career, you had to be, have four years on to take a promotion test. I take my first promotion test. And I'm like, yeah. And I got beat. And I'm like, oh, man. A couple years later, I go to take another test. Now, now, what I did was I volunteered. At this point in my career, I was about almost 10 years into my career. And I volunteered for a position, what we call the Fire Prevention Bureau. And, and I became an inspector and, and part of the education team and all of this. And now, now, granted, in this year, I took a pay cut because I no longer get overtime. I sold a business so that I could work a four-day work week. So I sold a lawn care company. At the same time, for me to take on this career and, and this pursuit of what we felt like God calling us to in ministry and wanting to do things, then Nicole also quit teaching. So we lost over $40,000 of income in a year. <laughs> yep. And then... All of a sudden, we met Dave Ramsey. We're like, we got this. We've got gazelle and tents. And we paid off $26,000 in debt in that first year, losing $40,000 of income. Somebody say, but God. <laughs> now, here's the thing. I go to take my next promotional test, and I realize that they misadded, they miscalculated my points from the first test, and I was supposed to have that promotion. They just misadded the points. I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is an injustice. God, you're loving injustice. I call forth the justice of heaven now. <laughs> Strike them down. Like, this is my promotion. I did the math. This was going to be like $480,000 over the, my career in retirement. I was like, this is significant. This is my kids you're talking about. <laughs> then all of a sudden, 
I begin to get in ministry and I begin to start to lead up a room and I begin to realize, that, wait a second, I don't work 24 hours anymore. That would have been a shift commander. I get my weekends off to be here every Sunday. I get to sleep with my wife in bed every night, be there when my kids are home at night, go to the kids' functions. Listen, sometimes our promotion looks a little different and our dreams being filled abundantly, exceedingly more than we can ask, think, or imagine means that he's got your best interest at heart. It just may not look like the way you think it should look. Amen? So I got a promotion in the kingdom, but I lost a ton of money, a title. But guess what? I realized I don't care about that stuff anyway. But God, and suddenly, let me, let me leave you with one more verse here, at least. John 4.35 says this. It says, do you have a saying, it is still four months to harvest? But then it says, but look out into the grape fields. Look out into the fields. Open your eyes and look. Aren't they ready and ripe for harvest? Here's what the Lord is saying. He's saying, like, listen, what you think is always going to be the case and what you think is always going to be the end and what you think is always going to be the means might actually look different to you. Because just because harvest usually always takes four months doesn't mean it always has to be that way. I believe that this year can be expedited for so many of us. And that we look out that it's going to be a reaping year. It's going to be a harvest year. It's going to be a year that where our prayers, our intercessions, our worship has been sown in the form of seeds to where now we get to reap the harvest. Our grandma's prayers, our mom's prayers. I believe marriages can be restored. I believe marriages can be reconciled. Relationships and families, unforgiveness can be restored. I believe in this. Why? Because I'm saying, I'm seeing in my word where it says promises are yes and amen. It's just sometimes it's his yes with the promise, but we forget that it's our amen with the process. Sometimes we've got to walk out a process, and it looks like going to an inspection bureau than it does as a shift commander. Sometimes it looks a little different, but looking in the fields, they're ripe, they're ready. It's ready for your vision. It's ready for your dream. Now the last verse. Isaiah 54, 1 says this. Sing, O barren one who did not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud. You who have not been in labor, for the children of the desolate will one more will be more than the children of her who was married, says the Lord. Listen, just because you didn't birth something in the last season doesn't mean you're not going to birth something in this season. Just because the way it didn't work last time doesn't mean it's not going to work that way this time. It also doesn't mean that maybe we try something new and it will work. Listen, the old season's done and the the, the springtime is here. It's time. Verse 2 says this, Enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back, lengthen your cords, and strengthen your stakes. It's time to enlarge our vision. It's time to dream big. It's time to dream with God. If you want that promotion, go for it. If you want that type of marriage, go for it. If you want that type of thing or that ministry or that nonprofit to reach that people group, go for it. If you want that invention, go for it. If you want that book, go for it. If you want that innovation, go for it. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left, and your offspring will possess the nations and will, peep, and, and will people the desolate cities. What once was death will now be life. What was once for destruction will now be for, for redemption. Those are the things. These are the promises of God. Listen, the old season's gone, but God, he's singing a new song. There's a new song. We're new creatures in, in Christ. Like, this is a big deal. 2019 is full of hope. It's full of goodness. It's full of dreaming. It's full of dreams coming to life and coming to pass. Let me, let, me, let me finish this. It's time to put your, your dreams into action. You guys can start playing now. It's time to put our dreams into action. It's time to be intentional. 
I want to tell you about um, a story. And every year we do this, and I, I, I believe in Habakkuk 2.2. The two verses on the cards that you hold, and in a moment, if you don't have a card, we'll make sure you get, your, get to one. The two verses is Ephesians 3.20, that we've got to have the faith of the vision and the dream that God has for us and is far better than we could ask, think, or imagine. The other thing is on the bottom of it, it says Habakkuk 2.2. And it says this in Habakkuk 2. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, though that he may run who reads it. Now, now listen, this is, this is really key. Write it down, make it plain, put it down, write it down, put it into action. Let's, let's call forth the things that aren't as if they are. Let's, let's write these visions down, let's write it down. And whoever reads it can actually run with it and see that it can come true. That means when I read this thing, wow, I'm reading, I can run with it. I'm putting little notes on my mirror with a white marker. You're amazing. You're, you're called to change nations. You're called to lead the lost. You're called to reach the unreached. I'm writing these things down, and all of a sudden, when I read it, now I can run with it because I start to believe it because I partner with it.